Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. So today we're going to be reading uh, one verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. And I'm going to transition to John chapter 17. I have my Bible marked, so I'm a little bit ahead of you guys, but uh, verses 13 through 18. And it says, Jesus is praying here, and he says, And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And with the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach on this subject a way that makes a difference. So if you all would please join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity today to come before you. God, we are so thankful for a freedom to gather, for a freedom to worship. We are so thankful for the blessing that we heard about in this song and that we read about in your word and that we live about in our daily experience for this blessing, God. I ask right now that this sermon today would fall on good ground. We know that your word is good. We ask that the ground would be ready, Lord. We ask that you would work in people's lives today and that you would bless us today and that you would give us a good rest of the sermon, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If everyone would please be seated. So I'm actually going to start off with a little bit of controversy, um, just to make sure you guys are paying attention. Um, I want to say that I think Raising Cane's is kind of overrated. Okay? I'm not meaning to cause division. This is just so you guys are paying attention. Uh, Next, I think Chick-fil-A is kind of overrated. Oh, that was epic. The, there's two times I've experienced that in my life. That was the first time when everyone's face is like, <gasps> you know. And the other time was when we were on Oxana Live, and we did the spitting skit where you spit the water into the other person's mouth. I've never seen 300 people make the same face, but it was beautiful, and that's the second time I've ever experienced that. But I make that comment. That food's overrated. If you take away... Well, I can speak from experience. I worked there for five years. I ate the food every day. So I should be able to speak from a place of authority. (laughs) Take the experience of Chick-fil-A away, and all you get is chicken. Better forms of chicken. If you like strips or nuggets or fillets or grilled fillets or shredded chicken, it's just chicken. (laughs) But that's the problem. Obviously, applying this to what the world offers is if you ate Chick-fil-A every day, 
you would not like it better. You would like it more. Eventually, you would need to find another place that offers something better or something different, which is what Cheesecake Factory has. It's the place where all the different roads lead. (laughs) You want something different? Go to Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) I'm not going to say it's better, but it's all different. (laughs) But that's the issue. In this world, you can eat, experience, do the same thing every single day, and all you get are the offers or better or different. Never is it enough, never does it satisfy, and never is it complete. And you experience that issue everywhere. I have a house. I need a better house. Amen. I felt that. (laughs) Someone just had a witness. (laughs) I need a car. I need a better car or a different car. But eventually, you're still going to need another car. In this world, there's no ways that are different that actually make a difference. Because you are never, ever going to be satisfied with what the world has to offer you. And I want to talk about that a little bit today on a way that makes a difference. So, back to Corinthians. Paul was the author to this letter to the Corinthian church. Wrote two, 1st and 2nd Corinthians as we call them. And Corinth itself was a lot, was very similar to Cincinnati actually. It was a powerful city. It was very rich. It was sports crazed. It had art in it. Uh, If you have been to Washington, D.C. or Miami University, those columns are from Corinth. And it had pagan worship. And Paul's writing this letter to the church in Corinthians. Let me tell you a little bit about what this church is experiencing if you haven't heard of or read Corinthians. They're experiencing division in the church. They're experiencing pride. They're experiencing infighting. They're experiencing sexual immorality, and I'm not going to go into that, but it's bad. They're experiencing false doctrine and and allowing it within the church. And they were certainly not influencing the world around them. So, all of these issues are happening. Paul writes a letter to the church in Corinth to address these, which I want to give a side note. Please pray for Pastor Chris and Pastor Tom. Because just like Paul had to do this, he had to decide and understand spiritually the difference between the root of the problems and the symptoms that the church was having. And that is obviously an impossible job without God, but that rests on their shoulders. So in your prayer time, I ask you to pray for our leadership. Because they are accounting for not just the things that you're dealing with, they have to look at the root of those causes. So please pray for them. And Paul was doing the same thing. He was ministering to the church in Corinth. And honestly, we were at a love and respect life group. If you guys are not in a life group, I highly encourage it. And just to like build off the idea of a root versus a symptom, they talk about fighting in marriage. (laughs) Jason and I don't fight. But we heard that people do. We've heard that people do. Like, for instance, a sock on the floor is a symptom of something else that's going on. Or let's say I've heard that men, including myself in general, have an issue with the location of the toilet seat and where it should be. Obviously, those fights are a symptom. 
it's not a root cause because there's no way that's a root cause of fighting a marriage. But if you're interested in finding out what the root cause of that is, I encourage you to attend the Love and Respect Life Group. But back to Corinth. What was the root problem at Corinth? Because this church was messed up. Like all of those things, division, sexual immorality, allowing false doctrine in the church, there was a root problem there. Those are all symptoms. There is something that's happening within the church that would cause those types of things. I'll tell you what that problem was in a second. Now we're going to go to John chapter 17, verses 13 through 18. And Jesus is praying here. He's doing an intercessory prayer before actually being betrayed. And there's really an interesting part that happens before in John 16, which I think is kind of funny. His disciples, Jesus has explained to them that he will return to heaven. And in verse 29, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. And Jesus said to them, Do ye now believe? I kind of view this as Jesus with a little bit of a, Are you serious right now? We've spent many years together. You've seen the things that I can do, and you now believe that I am God. That's just kind of funny. And I never thought that Jesus would be a little bit like that until I saw the chosen Jesus. And I can totally see that. <laughs> He's like, do you now think that I'm telling the truth? You know, after all this other stuff, I just had to say it to you plainly. That's, that's actually a lot of my life, too. <laughs> um, so actually what's following in that verse, before go, Jesus goes into intercessory prayer, He says to the disciples, Behold, an hour cometh, and now is, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone. What's interesting here is the disciples were about to have a problem. They were going to be scattered. If you read further on, Peter denies Jesus. So what was the root problem between these two occurrences? In Corinth, what was the root problem of denial and false doctrine and sexual morality? What was the root problem of the disciples leaving? It's that they both forgot they were called to be saints. Because in your life, when you forget who you're called to be, you won't notice the root, but symptoms will start coming up that are not of God. The disciples were saints. They were called from God. Church in Corinth were also saints. And the issue here is both forgot they were called. And I just want to encourage you today, do not forget that you are called. Because now it is very easy to forget that you are called a saint of God. If you look in the news, if you look even in your job, it is easy to make that decision or unknowingly make that decision that I, you forget that you're a saint of God and that you are different in a way that makes a difference. So back to John 17. Verse 16 says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
And we are called out of this world into his marvelous light. And what, when it says that we're called out and we belong to God. In the Old Testament, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the Ten Commandments, which was commandments that God gave to Israel. And another way of referring to them is ten words. And what this was was a contract with God. And when Israel agreed to this contract with God, they belonged to him. And just like it was in the Old Testament, this old covenant, this old agreement, we move into the New Testament where Jesus is offering this to us today, an opportunity for a new covenant and new agreement. And most of us today have experienced that that relationship with God, that life-changing experience where we see repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and relationship with him through the Holy Ghost. All of those things occur, and we are experiencing this, that he is our God. But not only that, we belong to God. And that's what we can't forget. We cannot forget that he is my God. We also have to remember that he is ours. And that he, that, I'm sorry, he is ours, and also that we belong to him, which automatically precludes you from making decisions that are not his, which is why we choose to live a holy and separated life. Because as, as Christ followers, we do not worry about what the world thinks. You know why? Because we're different. And we're not looking for attention. We're not looking for attraction. What we're looking for is to offer a difference in a way that makes a difference to someone else. So don't forget that you are called by God. Do not forget that he is yours and that you belong to him too. Your decisions, your actions, all of those things come together to establish that you belong to God. And this is what happens if a church, obviously not ours today, as you experience today, but if a church forget, if you forget that you belong to God, those symptoms of sin will happen. And these saints forgot the importance of living a separated life. Now, what can happen if you forget that you're living a separated life? It's really interesting to think about, especially when it comes to a church, especially now, you know, in in terms of the attention that churches are getting. At some point, if not now, we are going to be noticed as different. And even Jesus, in his word, says, I have given them the world, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world. So that difference is noticeable. And that difference not only attracts eyes, but it attracts hate. And you have to know as a Christian, why would I live this way of a difference? But let's say, for instance, you start not forgetting, you start forgetting you were a saint. And you start believing this lie that comes in slow and eventually takes over your entire life, which is what it did to Corinthian church. This lie of there's not much difference. If you start believing that, if you start allowing that into your life of, you know, honestly, if you think about it, Christians and the world, our ideals aren't very different. We 
we don't really, like, we don't need to do tithe. That's, it's like, it's like saving. We, we can save. It's the same thing. Um, or making decisions in terms of even more difficult issues to address in terms of the life of a child and marriage and things like that. You know, honestly, there's really not that much difference in the way God instructs us and teaches us to see the world he created versus the world that chooses not to follow him. How does that affect? First thing, church services change. Today, our church services were focused on God, and God was using them. You forget that you're a saint, all of a sudden, your church services are focused on you. How can we create an experience that causes emotion? Because what the world offers is better. We can make you feel good. But we are different. And we're different in a way that makes a difference. And when someone comes into this church, they are not looking for a watered-down version of their own brokenness. They are not looking for an opportunity that says, oh, this is what I can get inside the world and leave feeling better. They want to leave feeling different. And that is what we have to offer. If you forget that you're a saint of God, your habits change. Because there's not much difference between me, someone that chooses to follow God, and someone in the world. There's not much difference. I, I mean, I think we can do the same things. We can go to the same. We can make the same decisions. We can speak the same. That is a lie. And that is a lie because God called us to something better. God called us to something better. Bishop Pasley used to say, God didn't come so that you could say you were sorry. And I heard another one that said, God didn't come to make good men better. He came to make dead men alive. If you want to just go from good to better, I suggest you stay in the world. Because you are never going to change. Your life may be a little bit better, but it will never be as good. Your life may be a little bit different, but you will never be changed. You can make the decision if you want to just live a better life. But if you want to live a changed life, we offer that here. Because our God offers change. And young person, do not give up your identity in your high school just so, oh, there's not much difference between us. You offer something different. Your classmates, your fellow classmates are not looking for a, a version of what they have. If they are truly broken, if they are truly looking for something else, it is your responsibility to stay strong in what you believe. Because you're different. And it's a way that makes a difference. And another lie, another way that a church changes, especially noting this, noticing this outside today, is the plain truth of what God says on tough subjects is avoided. Because God is very clear on majority of the issues that we're handling today in the world. And if you are concerned as a church about getting people in the door and not changing them as they go out and come back in, then you are failing them. 
and I am so thankful for our leadership because they, mm, they have done three generations where the world has changed and we have not. And I am so glad that they have held strong. Because Pastor Tom and Pastor Kristen know the value of different. Because they know we are not, as a church, ever, ever going to change what we believe. And sure, now it's harder. But we were told it was going to be harder. It's not a surprise. It's not like, oh, what happened? The world doesn't like us? (laughs) Jesus said it at the beginning. And I just, I'm so thankful for our leadership because some, like as a church member, I do feel pressure from my society, but I can't imagine the pressure that they feel. It takes strength and it takes courage and it takes consistency to lead as they do. And I just want to publicly say, I love these leaders and I am so grateful that Norman Pasley the first, the second, and the Ellis family has stayed strong to this word. And you know what? Just as it is, just as it is with our life, it's true for them. Because they've stayed consistent, your life has changed because of it. And what we fail to recognize is when we give up that difference, we also give up someone else's possibility for change. So when if you decide to go into your college campus and you're like, I don't need to act very different than my my classmates. I don't need to have different opinions. Not only are you affecting yourself, but you're affecting their salvation. And like I said, God didn't come so that we could be sorry. God came to save lives. So don't give up. Do not give up on what we know. Do not change. Do not try to be different. Be different in a way that makes a difference. Follow after God. Make those decisions. IBC you're about to move into being ministers. You're going to have pressure every single day to change. But don't you dare change. Because one day, someone from your church is going to be in heaven, and it's because you'd stay consistent and God gave the increase. Do not give up on that change. When I, when I began prepping for the sermon, obviously our church is, is nowhere near this. But we are entering a time and a place where adjusting our expectations and adjusting our beliefs honestly can be make our lives easier. But we're not looking for easier. And as, a, as we move into Oxford, the Oxford team is sitting all throughout this. Oxford deserves a place that offers different we will be tempted because there will be hard times ahead. There is no doubt about it. But we will be tempted to give up on what God has to offer these people in Oxford, and we cannot. This church as a whole has sacrificed hundreds of thousands of dollars in time, and they didn't sacrifice us this for us as a team to offer the world just something better. They sacrificed for us to offer something different. So I'm speaking to my Oxford crew today. We are going into that place, and we are not going to change what we believe. We are not going to change what we offer just so we can bring more people in the door. We are going to stand on what God has to offer them. 
If they want better, they can go somewhere else. But if you want to be different, you stay here. So I just wanted to encourage you. Why? Because a church is not another place for a person in the world to view a version of watered-down brokenness. People don't go to church so that they can feel better about themselves. That's not the function of a church. The function of a church is to minister and to help you change. I don't want my life to be some watered-down, boring version of the world has to offer. I want my life to be different. I want my life, when someone sees me, I want them to say they're different. Not because... I've made a decision in terms of my hair or my clothing that is just crazy. But I want them to see it not because I'm different in my clothing as well, but because they see God. And that's the difference between the world's version of different and our version of different. We are so committed to God that what they see, what the world sees is Jesus. And they, we are that that avenue, that venue for the world to see Jesus. And if we do them a disservice by compromising on how we dress outside of the church, if we do them a disservice by changing our language or what we view, all of those things not only affect us, but the people that could be saved. So as a church, do not forget what you have been doing in your life. Do not forget that you are called by God because the world doesn't want watered-down brokenness. If they come into this church, as you, if you're new to this church and you experience this today, this is what different feels like. You are not going to experience this outside of the church. You are not going to experience some watered-down version of this where your emotions are appealed to. This is what different looks like. And this idea of difference is what we would call sanctification. If we're not sanctified, if we're not called to a higher purpose beyond just being saved, what is the point? Sure, we're forgiven of our sins. But are we set apart for God's purpose? And that's where a church can fall flat sometimes when you just get people to the point of forgiven. And you don't get to the point of sanctification or being set apart to God's purpose. So right now we're going to turn to Matthew 5. 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. We are not going to accommodate. I know that's very poignant and very strong, but this church, as evidenced by our leadership, is not going to change. No matter if we go through a COVID pandemic and we can't be together, or if we are faced with pressure from our society of our viewpoints and how it affects them. We do not accommodate. Why? Because we are salt. Jesus called us. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. Salt is antithetical to rot. It stops rot. And if if the salt is not effective, just throw it on the ground. It's useless. And I don't want to be a useless church. Mm. I want to see people saved. I want to see people made, made whole and better and different.
I don't want to see an option of feeling better in the world. I want someone that's broken to come into our church and feel different and it be lasting. I don't want to be a church that offers them to feel better for an hour and then leaves and goes back into that. We have stayed true to that and God is honoring our consistency because of that. And as our church is growing, which it has, we need to stay consistent to this no matter how difficult society makes us to make decisions. Because in a P7, they're not just looking for another club. You offer something different. You offer true change. And if a person wants to experience that change, they deserve it. So don't forget that you are called. Ignacio, when you go into the military, those decisions that you make affect your teammates, affect those around you. And when they see you, they're going to see different. And not only will they have a buddy next to them in the foxhole, but they're going to have God with them too because of the decisions that you make. And when we look at verse 14, it says, You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And you cannot live a Christ-like life without creating discomfort in the life of others. I am very sorry, but that is the word. Believe me, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. It's really true. I hate when people are uncomfortable with me. But I also understand the decisions I make in my life automatically cause discomfort of those around me. If you please stand. So this, this moment of discomfort, why would we create that in other people's lives? Why would, my, why would I choose to live a life that creates discomfort in others? One, because we're not of this world. Jesus said it. And two... Because the second you reach the point of discomfort in someone's life is the start of them seeing there's something else. That decision of being different in a way that makes a difference is not just so we can experience God as he intended. It's for others too. That decision to be different in a way that makes a difference offers this opportunity. And we have to go out into the world because in verse 16 of John 17, uh, verse 15, Jesus prays, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Because a church not in the world is useless. Because God already has, is working and healing, and that relationship is there for people in the church. Jesus said, those that are sick need not a physician. So if you go into the world and you lay aside your beliefs and your decisions... It's useless. And I don't want that for our church. We are growing and we are changing and we are not going to accommodate any changes in our in our viewpoint, in our doctrine. Why? Because God is good. And we've we've gone through three generations of pastors and leaders that have led that change and we have seen that change not only in our church but in our personal lives. The point of discomfort is where people actually see change. 
and our lives are to be surrendered by God. Because we belong to God. Our doing and our speaking now belongs to God. And the world doesn't want a watered-down version of what they have. They want to see a pure and powerful Christianity. That is what they want to see. Springdale deserves this kind of church. Oxford deserves this kind of church. And people will get sick of the world and of themselves. And when they do, we are there. You know why? Because when they get sick of themselves, they don't want another version of what they have. They want what we have. They want Jesus. Because the way that makes a difference is not only the way that we live, but Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Because when we follow after God, what happens is we live a life of holiness. And when we live a life of holiness, that's attractive. Sure, it's different. Causes discomfort. Fine. But honestly, holiness is beautiful. And the world can only offer a watered-down version of beauty. And what we have is true beauty. Holiness is what we have to offer. Sanctification, relationship with God. Those things are so important. And if you're struggling with that today, if you are having symptoms in your life that are, are sin, the root problem Maybe you have forgotten that you're a saint. Do not. Do not accommodate to what this world is pressuring you to do. I'm here to encourage you today. I am not here to berate you. I am not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you because the world needs this. They need Jesus. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.